Welcome to Last Weekly, where we talk, laugh, and sometimes bitch about the highs and lows of the past week, including why does Madonna think COVID-19 conspiracy theories are in vogue? Should your dog be wearing a face mask while shopping at PetSmart? Why did the chain smokers take a cigarette break from social distancing? Is John Leguizamo being blocked by Black Twitter? And has time run out for social media sensation TikTok, plus movie news during trailer talk and more. I'll be recapping the week with my incredible co-host, Anthony Tone Show Nunez. Kevin, we're living in idiocracy. How you doing? Oh my God. There, there is so much idiocracy all through the first half of the show, at least. So without ado, let's just get right to the stupidity. So, speaking of stupid, let's talk about Madonna. Instagram flagged a post of Madonna's on Tuesday after a post on the singer's feed shared a COVID-19 conspiracy theory. The platform obscured a video on the pop star's account, labeling it as false information and providing a link to facts debunking the claims made in the video. The caption read of the now-deleted video, The truth will set us all free, but some people don't want you to hear the truth, especially the people in power who stand to make money from this long, drawn-out search for a vaccine, which has been proven and has been available for months. They would rather let fear control them and let the rich get richer and the poor get sicker. This woman is my hero. Thank you, Stella Emanuel. So, Tone, do you want to tell us a little bit something about uh, Stella Emanuel? Demon sperm, alien DNA. We have the cure. It's hydrochloroquine. <laughs> hydrochloroquine. Hydrochloroquine. That, that uh, is. <laughs> don't, don't trust a, a medication you can't say the name of. So it, this this uh, I, I'm I'm doing air quotes when I say doctor because just because a a person wears a white coat does not make them a, a medical professional. In this case, um, she was making news. Of her own this week because she put out all these i call them crazy i call them crazy conspiracies or or just nonsense um basically saying that hydrochloroquine hydrochloroquine you don't have to know what it is folks there's no not to take it <laughs> hydrochloroquine that it's basically it's a cure for covid19 and that uh people are trying to keep it secret and the idea is that people are trying to, to keep COVID-19 going to hurt Donald Trump and the cure is out there and what's so crazy to me about this theory we'll go into later some of her other theories and other thoughts demon but sperm is this, um, okay there are other countries every country on the planet has been affected by this so the idea that it's being kept under wraps hydrochloroquine's success to hurt Donald Trump what about all these other countries? Are people using hydrochloroquine there? Are they being saved from it there? No, Or Kevin. saved by it, I should say, not saved from it. <laughs> no, you need to be saved from it because uh, tests test did show it, it hurt people significantly. It did not help them. It did not. That's another thing. Tests showed that not only did it not cure COVID, it, it also didn't work to make you immune to catching COVID, which many of these quote-unquote doctors that were in this fake press conference they were all wearing matching lab coats that had like you know they referred to themselves as america's frontline doctors and they're all treating these patients these phantom patients with uh hydrochloroquine and they've all been saved 
So um, three hundred and fifty, Kevin. Three hundred and fifty people have been cured supposedly hydrochloroquine. That's the nonsense that oh, was spreading. But that, but that's just by her. Not even all the other. That's just her patients yeah. alone, supposedly. So, so what I'm surprised by? Why didn't they have instead of having all those these people in white coats? Why not have all these people whose lives have been saved, who were actually diagnosed with COVID and are now doing great thanks to hydrochloroquine? Which has which all medical professionals, including Dr. Fauci, has warned against its use. And this is even before the president started touting this nonsense about hydrochloroquine being being a cure all. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about some of the things, just in case you're not exactly clear on just how crazy Dr. Air quotes, Dr. Emmanuel, because I think she's more like a doctor like Dr. Pepper. But anyway. <laughs> Dr. Dre is more of a medical professional. More of a, yeah, I, I take medical advice from Dr. Dre before I listen to her because she also said that endometriosis, infertility, miscarriages, and STIs are evil deposits from the spirit husband. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is somebody who went to medical school. And these kinds of gynecological issues are the result of having sex with witches and demons in dreams. Demon sperm. So, <laughs> yeah. So when asked directly about Emmanuel and why he might trust someone who believes that alien DNA is used in modern medicine, the president, because he retweeted this and so did his son, Don Jr. In fact, his account was suspended for it. So when questioned directly about her, the president of the United States, I have to say that just before I give you the quote, he said, I thought she was very impressive. <laughs> so clearly both Donald and Don Jr. have failed the alien DNA test because <laughs> something is wrong with you. If somebody's saying those kinds of things is impressive to you, this is you the same should president, not be Kevin, president who get who advised maybe we should be using bleach and ultraviolet light stuffed inside of people to kill covid so i would not take my medical advice from this man yeah i'm not exactly sure how we were supposed to get the ultraviolet light inside i was never clear on how and let's circle about a little bit kevin because this is not the first time that madonna um has actually made let's say waves earlier on she read she actually shared a, a video of her son dancing to basically <laughs> you remember this we covered it here yes. she shared a video of her son dancing and this was supposed to help in the in racial love racial healing that's right yeah, racial, racial healing because he was you know but to be fair he was dancing but he was dancing to a michael jackson song so i don't know about you but i felt i felt healed <laughs> i felt healed so, so <laughs> So I don't think I, I really people I gave uh, Madonna pass. Also, I said, you know, the case with Madonna is that she's obviously a person who's very removed from the average person. And also, she's not obviously looking at the information that she's sharing and and and, and actually seeing if it's actual actual truth or, you know, there's actually the, the validity of the information she's sharing. So she's very removed. So I think Madonna is is proof that the American people, Kevin, have been put in a place where they're getting their information from the president of the United States and immensely incorrect and wrong information. And these people take this information in, they don't use critical analysis and they share it out. And then you have regular people who are not Madonna also believe in the these non-truths. 
Okay, well, do we even have to still claim Madonna? Because she has that fake British accent. Isn't she like a UK citizen? <sighs> Can't we say that? We can, we can blame the UK for her stupidity? All right, just to be clear, let's give a little bit more background on this hydrochloroquine thing and why this is ridiculous. Okay, there were three trials, one in the US, one in the UK, and one international study done by the World Health Organization. All these studies were halted early because they showed the drug didn't work. This week, a randomized clinical trial in Brazil showed hydrochloroquine doesn't work to treat patients in the hospital with COVID-19, and a randomized study a month before in the U.S. showed it didn't help prevent infection of COVID-19. So I guess you have to believe that everybody is... I guess the whole world is in on keeping us from using hydrochloroquine. I just think this is insane. And speaking of not making any sense, this week, Herman Cain, former Republican uh, presidential hopeful. Yes. Okay. Well, not I'm, I didn't hold much hope for. Him. But anyway, but yes, former, <laughs> former <laughs> Republican. <laughs> presidential hopeful Herman Cain, who also believed that COVID-19 was a hoax, has died. He actually went to Donald Trump's Tulsa rally, the one that people were warning people not to attend. He went there, no mask, there with his family. And then shortly after that, he was hospitalized for COVID infection, and he just died this week. And also, Bill Montgomery, co-founder of the pro-Trump Turning Points USA, who also scoffed at the virus, thought it was a hoax, and it was something being used against Donald Trump by the Democrats, he died of COVID as well. So, um, oh, and also, Representative Louis Gomer, who refused to wear a mask all over the Capitol, all over Washington, D.C., with no mask on, he just got diagnosed with COVID a couple of days ago. Be only, the only reason he found out was because he was going to be flying on Air Force One with the president to Texas. And they test everybody who's around the president and they tested him the morning that he was supposed to go with him and they found out that he was positive. And just to show you how much of a dick Louis Gomer is, when they told him he was diagnosed with COVID, instead of calling his office and letting people know that he had COVID and that they might have been exposed, he went to his office in person without a mask to tell all the employees and unpaid interns that he had COVID. He's standing in front of them in a small office with no mask on, telling them that he has COVID. He could have told them that on the phone. And a lot of anonymous uh, calls or reports to reporters were saying that Louis Gomer was shaming people in the office who tried to come to work with a mask. He would not let them work from home. He made everybody come to work and work in the office because he wanted that to be an example of how safe it was to get back to work. Well, apparently not safe enough because he's got COVID. And also to add to that, the Congress went home without passing any type of bill uh, concerning unemployment. And one of the things, the, the things that the Republicans refused to budge on was the fact that they wanted liability protection for corporations and churches and businesses. So basically, if a corporation or a business doesn't put in effect any type of of COVID related response to maintain so, the place. So safeguards. Yes. Safeguards, correct. To maintain things sanitary, that they cannot be sued if someone gets COVID or injured or die. So the fact that basically they're saying, well, go to 
to work and do whatever, you know, it's all safe. They don't want any liability from this either. They just want you to continue their lives unaffected. Well, that's the same thing that happened at the Tulsa, the Tulsa rally that Trump had that was uh, poorly attended was he made everybody that came to the rally had to sign a waiver. One of those people who signed that waiver, sadly, Herman Cain. He and his family all signed the waiver saying they would not sue if they got COVID. And um, look at how that worked out. So just to be clear, we may have giggled a little bit, but we were not giggling about the death of Herman Cain or the loss to his family and his friends. We're laughing. I was laughing. I'll be. I'll own this. So I'll, I'll take the heat off of you, Tone. I was <laughs> laughing at the idea that he was a presidential hopeful. So that's what yeah, I laughed I, as well. <laughs> so yeah, but, he was not. He had zero chance of getting that nomination. But okay. But we thought uh, the same with Trump, Kevin. In, in hindsight, I would laugh also if you would have told me Kev, uh, Trump was a presidential hopeful. But look how that turned out. <laughs> Well, he uh, had something going for him. It's like he he was he was a he was a candidate that white supremacists could get behind. Herman Cain, not so much. So, um, <laughs> let's. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Also, something of interest. So, Herman Cain actually he he was hospitalized two weeks after the Tulsa event, which happened, which took place in Oklahoma for the president's rally. And this was June twentieth when the event took place. On July first, uh, replying to a tweet which was talking about the president's Mount Rushmore event, Herman Cain um, said in his Twitter account, masks will not be mandatory for the event, which will be attended by President Trump. And then he wrote in all caps, people are fed up. And that tweet has been has since been deleted from his account. So again, oh, gee, I wonder why. It, it, it just speaks to, 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 to again, the, the Republican base, a lot of times just going against their own interests at, at, at all levels. And just like Madonna, this story proves, I don't I don't know if it, if it's some conspiracy, like people want to say, oh, it's a conspiracy that they're, that they're posing against the American people. No, I really think that the half of the people obviously know what they're doing and they're doing it for their own interest for the president's reelection. And the other half, they might actually believe this nonsense. So I don't know which oh, one is the case here. Yeah, I think I think that there's there's a mixture. There are some people who who are actually ignorant and some people are willfully ignorant because it gets convenient to them to be ignorant. And I'm glad that you mentioned the whole thing about what's the sticking point. And I hope the Democrats stick to their guns because what the Republicans want to do with this liability waiver for all employers is that what that would mean is they can force everybody to go back to work. And then when people start dropping dead, there is no responsibility by said company. And so the widow or widower of that uh, breadwinner and the kids, the surviving children will get nothing from the company who forced the employees back to work. Look at all the people that when Tyson's Foods forced people to go back to work with little to no safeguards and people were dropping like flies in that Tyson plant. And so the idea that if it's if it's so safe, which they keep claiming, I keep hearing Trump and all of the Trumpsters saying how safe this is and how it's a hoax and you don't need to wear a mask because America's free then okay if it really is that safe then you don't need any kind of waiver because no one's going to get sick and the clearly when when he was having his own rally everybody who was to me stupid enough to even show up there signed away their rights to sue if they got sick i feel like employers should not get a free pass to risk uh, their employers lives so they can actually make money so they can actually support their family 
And a lot of these employers, Kevin, have a two have a two set system. One for the employees, one for the employees. A lot of these employers have their own private offices. They don't make contact with the staff. The staff are all together. One of the one of the tra- the, the 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 tragedies of this whole um, workspace environment, how it shifted in the last five to ten years, is that a lot of companies that moved away from offices and they moved into these co these co sharing spaces where everybody basically sits at one table. This is something that was very trendy, and now. COVID is basically the anti-sharing community spaces. So like places like WeWork could not operate, I would believe, in COVID-19 because how can you share a space with someone today? It's not possible. So any any idea that when they when these employers say, oh, return to work, it's safe, a lot of time the people at the top are in their own private spaces or they're not returning or they're telecommuting and they're not giving the staff the same privileges. Oh, yeah. I'm sure all of, all of the board of directors at Tyson Foods, all of them are fine, all, but the actual workers on the kill floor and the processing line, those are the people that were dropping like flies. So it's it's absolutely disgusting. So um, but COVID is not just affecting humans. Shockingly, it's affecting our four legged friends as well. This week, we lost the very first dog to be diagnosed with COVID here in the U.S., which was kind of a surprise to me because I sadly, I'll be honest, I wasn't paying enough attention. I didn't know that animals could get COVID and it turns out, yeah, they can. And so one of the things I was looking into, um, oh, well, let me give you a little bit of background first. In March, a 17-year-old dog in Hong Kong became infected and later died. So he was the first one to actually die. But this week in the U.S., we lost the first one who was diagnosed. He was diagnosed a while ago and to allay people's fears a little bit. He didn't actually die of COVID. Uh, he had a lymphoma. And when they did the postmortem, they examined him and he did not test positive for COVID. So he actually got over his case of COVID and later died of cancer. And but there's been other cases of COVID with animals here. In uh, the Bronx Zoo, there were two tigers that were infected with COVID. They believe they got infected by their human handlers. So it's, it's kind of spooky. But one of the things I looked into, because I was thinking like, wait a minute. So if a dog or a cat can get COVID, can animals give COVID? So all the studies indicate right now, the scientist, which is still in the early stages, says that humans can pass it to animals, but there have been no evidence of any animal to human transmission. And what's scary about that, Kevin, also is that in the case of the the dog's name was Buddy. Um, in the case of Buddy, the Mahoney's, the family which were the owners of Buddy, um, they both had COVID. The husband and wife had COVID, um, and they they saw this. They they believed that in April the dog got COVID, and they took the dog to different veterinaries. And at the time, since the couple had COVID, a lot of doctors did not want to see the dog because obviously the owners had COVID and the concern of of transmitting it. So when they finally got the dog tested, no one no one wanted to test Buddy. Because the idea that COVID could be spread to an animal was back then in March, I actually looked up a couple stories and they were reporting here in the U.S. that co- that animals could not get COVID, that pets were safe. So this is information that people did not believe to be true. So when they finally got a positive result for COVID, the, the family, OK, this is what's happening. 
and the dog was cremated. So unfortunately, they can't they can't look further into how COVID developed inside the body of Buddy. But they were saying that they had to put the dog down because he was in pain and he was coughing a blood clots. He was in a terrible state since April. And but, since but that- wait, but I thought but I thought that the, the that I, what I found was that he did die. But they, they said he died. He had lymphoma. And when they did test of COVID on his blood samples or whatever, he was not positive for COVID when he died. That that's correct, Kevin. He did have lymphoma. So, buddy, it wasn't COVID itself that killed Buddy. Buddy was in a terrible state, from what I saw. He was uh, again, he was coughing on blood clots. They said that he was urinating blood, and the owners just thought that he was in pain. And one of the options that was given to them, obviously, was to was to put Buddy down so he wouldn't be in pain. So that's what technically killed Buddy. But when he but after he was killed, the body was cremated. So a, a lot of things that that people are still trying to get their wrap their minds around about COVID is the effects that it has on the human body. Like a lot of people are saying that COVID is a respiratory disease and it actually causes blood clots throughout the body. So they wanted to scientists wanted to further look into um, analyze the body to see what the effects are because this again was the first dog that was um diagnosed with covid again we have to add the caveat in america in america correct yeah because there was already a dog that was diagnosed initially in uh did i say japan already let me go back and look at my notes and when you look for that kevin um we say this is the first this was the first dog that tested positive but since the fact that even going back to march people didn't think that dogs could get covid yeah we don't even know that's one thing that's right that's absolutely a good point be that there may have been dogs or cats that may have died of covid without knowing but that's Mm -hmm. true sadly for people uh look at where you live in new york there are tons of people that just died in their apartments or in their homes Mm -hmm. that were never tested and so because the tests were in such short supply because of the horrible horrible federal response to this whole thing there are many people will never know the real number of the people that died of covid let alone all the people that actually have had covid unless you were diagnosed with covid and you were in your home and you passed away or you died in a hospital setting they don't count it towards covid which is just amazing to me that it's not important enough to find out when people have passed away what they passed away from. It's I, I understand that they probably can't do it because of, like I said before, especially in the early days, the tests were in super short supply. And so even when people were saying that they had been in contact with people that actually had COVID, unless they were showing symptoms, they weren't testing them, which was lunacy because we know that there are people who are asymptomatic who don't show any outward symptoms, but can still be infected and infect others and these numbers kevin have grown from i remember in the early days here in new york they were saying maybe one percent of people were asymptomatic i've seen now reports as high as 26 percent of people may be asymptomatic yeah all the more reasons to open up schools and to send children there the same week that Donald Trump is saying he, he floated an idea about postponing the election until it was safe for people to go and vote in person, he's still touting opening schools immediately. So wait, it's not safe enough to go out and vote, but it's safe enough to send our children to school. Zero sense. And they want to pass liability insurance so, so they can be protected if anything does happen. Exactly. So again, back to the pets issue. Hong Kong was where the first known infected dog was diagnosed, and he later died. So the sad thing is, this is still in the early stages as far as information. We're still learning things. In fact, speaking of learning things, didn't Anthony Fauci give some new advice that when you think about it already kind of made sense? We should have already known this, but he said something that kind of shocked and upset a lot of people. 
Well, a lot of people were upset this past week because uh, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci um, said that the use of goggles would also help in preventing COVID infection. Now, to, to clarify, a lot of people got upset because of this because they said this is this is again uh, medical professionals changing the the suggestions and with the recommendations for protection of COVID. They said first they said masks were not required or needed for the general population. Then they said that cloth masks were needed for the general population. Now they're saying that goggles might also be needed. So a lot of people are basically fed up from what I see online, and they think that since one piece of information is not true then or, or new that we shouldn't follow any information. But what's so crazy about that thinking is this. This is a new disease. We're learning about it as, as time goes by. Now, even the medical professionals have admitted this because one of the things that I think we talked about on this show that never made any sense to me was the fact that we were slow, slow on the mask front. We have seen images on the news of people all over Asia wearing masks months before COVID was here and it became a thing that we had to deal with in our daily lives. And so do we think they were all just stupid? Were they all wearing masks as some kind of like Pikachu fashion accessory? Like they like Pokemon. Now they all were into masks. It's like, no, they were wearing masks for a friggin' reason. But the reason why Dr. Fauci and other professionals were warning people from going to get the uh, what's the specific there's a specific name for the mass medical professionals N95 mask the m95 mask the idea was they were afraid that regular people were going to go and buy up all of the m95 mask and there wouldn't be any m95 mask for actual medical professionals the the actual the real frontline doctor is not not you miss alien dna actual doctors <laughs> and nurses <laughs> that are risking their lives day in day out many of them have lost their lives trying to save people and the masks were in such short supply the gowns were in short supply we've seen images and videos of of nurses and doctors wearing garbage bags trash bags yeah trash bags being asked to reuse masks that were supposed to be single-use masks being told that they need to wear it for a whole like uh 20 hour shift which is absolutely ridiculous so that was why we were being told not to buy those masks so it would be enough for the actual medical professionals and if we're covering up orifices our eyes are orifices as well and so the idea just logically in fact here in la downtown disney recently reopened it's like an outdoor shopping area with lots of restaurants and here in california you can't eat indoors anymore but you can eat at an outdoor restaurant setting, like a, a patio kind of setting. The servers there are wearing like face shields. So they're covering their mouths and they have face covering as well as like a clear kind of welder's mask to protect their eyes. So it stands to reason that something could get into your eyes if somebody's sneezing and it gets into your eyes that you could be infected from that just logic would dictate that so i don't know why people are absolutely just jaw-droppingly shocked by dr fauci saying that yes that would be an additional layer of protection also kevin um dr fauci was asked about this why he was suggesting for goggles now um, and he actually clarified. He said that he was having a campfire talk with teachers. And one of the questions posed to him, would wearing goggles offer protection against COVID? Can you get COVID through your eyes? And what he uh, elaborated was that, yes, um, the eyes, the mouth and the nose all, all have mucous membranes, which COVID 
could basically answer through. But he was saying that the goggle specifically was was a, was answering a general question. Can you get COVID through the eyes? And he said yes. But he said that for the general public, mass um, goggles might not be of, of general use or, or uh, to protection because he was talking specifically about a situation like in a hospital where a person where a person is treated with COVID and that person might contaminate the air. And he said that smaller droplets hang in the air and that a person might walk through it and their eye might make contact with the with the droplet a medical professional in this case and they're wearing goggles and a face shield might be more protective for a medical professional but he was saying that the average person who's living in their home shouldn't have to wear goggles so again this is something that people didn't look into it enough or the information was just just the headline was shared and people basically lost it yeah freak out about that and also it's really it, it is important for teachers because for the school districts that are opening up a lot of them in you know in trump heavy districts where where he won overwhelmingly they're controlled by republicans they're rushing this out i just heard some school district opened up somewhere in the south they just opened this week and they just said now they've discovered that children seem to contain even more of the virus very young children so when they do when they have gotten the virus when they sneeze or when they're putting droplets out into the air they have even higher concentrations of the virus so can you imagine a teacher that's uh, in a room full of kids and how much he or she would be exposed to in a day or a week of, of teaching so it's really scary for the teachers that are in those areas i hope the ones that do have underlying health conditions especially uh, hold the line and don't go back to work and basically get a good attorney and sue if they want to try to fire these people for not showing up to work during this global pandemic that has killed now over 150,000 people in the U.S. alone and climbing. I hope that they don't put their lives at risk just to keep their job that is one of the saddest things. I know people have to pay rent they have to pay mortgages they have to feed their families but the idea that if you're lost forever, you can't pay any more mortgages if you're gone. And and it's just a horrible argument, Kevin. It's just a horrible argument. And they know it's it's an argument that holds no water. I, I looked this up for the show. Over 200 children have passed away here in America for, from COVID. Over 200. And the 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 Trump administration is saying that that children can return to school because children um, show very mild symptoms. Well, that 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 idea to me is like asinine because okay, let's say the children do get COVID, and let's say that two hundred people, like the two hundred people and their families who lost those children, trust me, they they don't share your opinion. And also, if the two children do show mild symptoms, are these children supposed to live every day at school? They're never supposed to go back home because the minute that child goes home there are adults there who can be infected besides the teachers so i don't know how this lunacy is being thought of the stupid thing is the reason why we're still going through this whereas other places like new zealand are are living their best lives right now is we needed to shut down and stay shut down longer everybody got too antsy too quick if we would have stayed shut down and stayed shut down for two solid months this would be in our rearview mirror now, but we couldn't do it. Trump was saying, oh, it's sa op open up things, open up things. And remember when people were storming some state houses with long guns and Trump was basically retweeting them and saying they're the true Americans or basically supporting these people who were, quote unquote, protesting. I love how protesters that show up that, that don't want to wear a mask or who wanted to get their hair dyed and want to get their hair cut or wanted, wanted the bars to open. They were American patriots. But people that are fighting out there for Black Lives Matter or 
fighting to have police officers not kill people of color with impunity. They're terrorists. Those are rioters, Kevin. Those are rioters. Yes, it's very interesting, the difference. It's also interesting, Kevin, how when it comes to those those people who actually took over a statehouse armed, oh, there's a Second Amendment rights and there's a First Amendment rights to, you know, to to speak out against the, the government. But when peaceful protesters are assembling in San Francisco, no one ever talks about their First Amendment rights. It's weird. It's like only part of the Constitution matters. Isn't it funny that the Second Amendment seems to be the most important one? It's really weird. Speaking of trying to get things back to normal, like the rest of the world is already experiencing, except for us, they tried to get things back to normal in the Hamptons, of all places. They were trying to have a concert. It was actually built as the Safe and Sound Drive-In Concert, and it was headlined by the Chainsmokers. But... A video went out and it went viral instantly that showed that there was zero social distancing. You can see that they actually did uh, mark off spots for each car to park. And so the idea was was supposed to be that you would either stay in your car or get out of your car, but stay within your rectangle and enjoy the concert. But the moment the concert started, everybody hopped out of their cars and rushed the stage like they were at any other concert. And they were not distancing in the slightest. So your governor and I wish our president, Andrew Cuomo, <laughs> was not having it. <laughs> he said, this egregious social distancing violation, he says, we have no tolerance for the illegal and reckless endangerment of public health. And so there's actually going to be an investigation looking into this. So I don't know if anybody's going to end up getting fined or potentially locked up or what. Now, they, they said the the people who threw the concert said that this was supposed to be a driving concert and that they had temperature checks. They were checking people's temperature as they, they drove in. But they said that they could not control people from exiting their vehicles and, and running towards the stage. And at no point did the band have the control to stop the concert and demand people get back in their cars. Neither did the people actually hosting the concert nor the police were called. It's amazing. Well, the stupid thing is that statement is not even close to true because the moment when we see the video where they rush the stage and they're all around the stage, they could have immediately stopped the concert and say, like, if you're not going to social distance, we're going to give you to the count of 10. If you people go back to your own little squares or and sit in your cars and we'll continue the concert. But if you can't do that, we're going to pack up our gear and get the hell out of Dodge. All right. So enough COVID talk for now. So let's move on to Emmy nominations. This week was a huge week when it comes to the Emmys for people of color. Well, I should say, because John Leguizamo might have a problem with me saying people of color, I should say for African-American slash black people, because for the first time in the 71 year history of the Emmys, Black actresses dominate the category for lead actress in a limited series or movie. So the three black actresses in the running are Octavia Spencer for Self Made, which is a Netflix movie. Carrie Washington for Little Fires Everywhere, which is on Hulu, and Regina King for Watchmen. And that was on HBO, now known as HBO Max. So there were even more. It was it was historic in all kinds of categories. So let me just give you a few more of the big names that got nominated. Zendaya was nominated for Best Actress in a Drama for Euphoria. Okay, I'm going to butcher some of these names. Okay, Yaya 
Abdul Mati II <laughs> was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in a Limited Series or Movie for Watchmen on HBO. Issa Rae was nominated for Insecure. And Tracy Ellis Ross was nominated for Blackish for Best Lead Actress in a Comedy Series. Yvonne Orji? Orji, O-R-J-I. Sorry for butchering your name, but you know what? You don't care about that because you're you're an Emmy nominee now uh, for best support- <laughs> for best supporting actress in a comedy series for Insecure, and uh, Billy Porter for best lead actor in a drama series for Pose. Sterling K. Brown also for best lead actor in a drama series for This Is Us. Jeffrey Wright for best supporting actor in a drama series for Westworld. Tandy Newton also for Best Supporting Actress in the series Westworld. Samira Wiley was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Series for The Handmaid's Tale. Jeremy Pope for Best Lead Actor in a Limited Series or Movie for Hollywood. Laverne Cox for Best Guest Actress in a Drama Series for Orange is the New Black. Felicia Rashad for Best Guest Actress in a Drama Series for This Is Us. And the incredible legend Cicely Tyson for Best Guest Actress in a Drama Series for How to Get Away with Murder. So there's even more people that were nominated that are happen to be black, but I'm not going to name them. So I'm going to I'm going to pull a Gilligan's Island and go and the rest. So <laughs> so let's talk about why uh, John Leguizamo was in his feelings about this. So, Kevin, um, John Leguizamo retweeted a Los Angeles Times article, and I'm going to read you the headline to the article, and then I'm going to read his tweet to you, and then I'm going to explain a little bit of English, and then you can take it from there. Uh, (laughs) Okay. So, the article's title is Emmy 2020, colon. That's the the, the two little dots implicating that something is following. (laughs) Okay, so Emmy 2020, colon, black nominees gain ground, followed by a comma. A comma is used to indicate two separate clauses or functions as a tool to indicate to readers a separation of words or phrases. So Conjunction, the- junction, what's your function? <laughs> Looking up words and phrases and clauses. <laughs> well, open up English class here. So again, it's black nominees gain ground, comma. Latino representation still abysmal. That's the article. And John Leguizamo said in his tweet, why can't we Latinx have a piece of the pie? Question mark. We are the largest ethnic group in America and missing as if we didn't exist. Exclamation. Kevin. Okay. Wait, was that a mic drop? Because I-, <laughs> I dropped the pen. I was for my notes. <laughs> Because I want to tell me what's the problem here, please. Okay, so, well, I think that what happened was that Black Twitter seemed to feel that if he would have not even mentioned Black people, if he had just said there were no Emmy nominations in the major categories for the Latinx community and not mentioned African Americans, then I think people wouldn't have had any kind of issue with it. Again, the, the statement that he made was, why can't we Latinx have a piece of the pie? Question mark. We are the largest ethnic group in America and missing as if we didn't exist. Exclamation. That's it. That's all he said. 
Okay, again, I'm just telling you why, why I think that how people perceived it. I think by even mentioning another group, I, I feel like what seems to happen, well, sadly... So where's the other group, though, Kevin? That's what I'm trying to imply. I don't see where black people were mentioned in this tweet. But, wait, did you read the whole article? Go, John or just the headline? Because John Leguizamo actually did, a, he did an article that appeared in the Los Angeles Times, I thought. But this is the tweet that started the whole tweet storm. I don't, no one commented on the article. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, it, it seems detached. Go ahead. Tell them about the article. Well, I, I'm saying I think that people, again, I think that people felt like it's, this seems to happen, I think, with people of color, minorities in general. Mm -hmm. There's basically 90%, 99% of the pie or 95% of the pie goes to white people. Then there's 5% of the pie for everybody else. And so the idea is that if black actors are winning, then that means Latin actors are losing. As if, as if there's only so much, we're all fighting for the same 5%. As opposed to expanding the part, the portion of the pie that we would get. So I think that some people have felt, because this has kind of been a thing, I think that didn't an, an actress, we talked about her a while ago, I can't remember what her name was, uh, that yes. a, a Latinx actress that got in trouble because she was saying something, I think similar to what people thought John Leguizamo was saying, was, well, why are black people doing so well and we, and what about us? And so it's just like, wait, why are you, if you could, why, you can say that without mentioning the other. It's just like, why is my house on fire and Tone's house isn't on fire? What about that? <laughs> just like, why are you mentioning Tone at all? You just, what does that have to do with your house being on fire? No, Nothing. So I think that's what the issue is. So, and also, um, to be fair, John Leguizamo has gotten Emmy love in the past. He oh, yeah. was nominated. He's been nominated before for, uh, there's been a lot of, I guess, love for Lat Latin people recently, the Latinx community, when it comes to the category of limited series. Benicio Del Toro was nominated recently. Edgar Ramirez was nominated. Ricky Martin was nominated, I believe, last year for Johnny Versace he's as, as a Best Supporting Actor. So the question is, I think people were upset because of some of the shows that didn't get any kind of love. Latinx actors on Pose, none of them got nominated. There are Latinx actors on the celebrated show On My Block, also Vita and One Day at a Time. None of those shows got any Emmy love this year. So I think that some people are upset about that. But I just don't like the idea, the feeling. I thought that you were going to go deeper into this. I did read the article, but I don't. I did not write down all the things that he said in the article. The implication was the same thing as that actress whose name is driving me crazy. I can see her face. She got in trouble for doing a, a video that she posted where yeah. she was using the N-word because she was rapping, but she's also said some other things that people of color, black people were upset about. So I think there was if, also a lot. There was also a, a, a similar sentiment that happened with, I remember with, um, uh, not crazy Asians. Uh, when when uh, Black Panther came out and 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 oh, exactly. I know mm -hmm. exactly what you're going to say. Go ahead, go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, why why is yeah why is there a Latino Black Panther? Why, why are you mentioning? There's eight literally eight hundred superhero movies starring white people, all about white people, and then there's one movie that is a, about a black superhero, and then you're like, what what about that again? Why is why is why isn't Tone's house on fire? Mine's is so it just like has nothing to one has nothing to do with the other. 100% correct. Uh, the problem I think here again is timing. And for some reason, 
Latino, the Latino community needs to be uh, uh, bringing up this point 99% of the time when movies come out, not not when black movies come out. And that's why I, a lot of people in the black community rightfully so feel like, well, why do you only bring this up when we win? If anything, we both can win. And like you, you brought up the, the perfect analogy at the beginning with the pie. Why are people concerned just with the small slice that's allowed to, to the black community instead of being concerned with 75% of the pie that's being given to everybody else? That That's what we should get our pie from. Go to the bakery to get pie. Don't go to some <laughs> one person eating a piece of pie on the street. Go to the bakery where there's tons and tons of pie. It just, it, I don't know, it's its ridiculous. And it, it seems to always be where we uh, we get pitted against each other. And meanwhile, co- you're completely right, Kevin. And meanwhile, the people who hold all the power are just laughing because, like, we're busy fighting with each other. Meanwhile, oh, oh, they're they're putting ice cream on their pie. <laughs> they're, they're having sex with pieces of pie, like an American pie. They have plenty of pie for all kinds of reasons, all kinds of uses. Now, one thing that people don't talk about, and I'm just going to put this out there, and you may come at me uh, as a member of the Latinx community. But I think part of the reason why, and when it comes to Emmys and even and representation in English language entertainment, is because I think the the Latin market is divided up. There's TV stations that are in Spanish, strictly in Spanish. There's all kinds of television shows and movies that are in Spanish that the general population or English speakers in general don't you know know about or see or watch these channels and so I think that so much of the talent that are Latin talent is involved in a lot of that those other things they're involved in on those Latin soap operas and Latin movies and and TV shows so Via Vergara came from that from Spanish language television yeah completely right I I think it also speaks Kevin to the to uh, again right in America um, I believe like anywhere between 75, maybe the 78% of the population is white. And then you have the, the biggest minority um, the group would be Latinos and Latinas and Latinx, and then followed by black people at 13 to 14%, and then followed by Asian at 6%. So even, I, I do understand what John Leguizamo's, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I, I can't speak to where, obviously I think he was speaking, he was speaking just to the to the Latin part, but basically he's saying uh, Latinos hold uh, the, a big percentage of the population pie. How come we're not represented at a certain percentage but again i think the fact that he chose anything that mentioned black uh artists or actors basically detracted from his point and i, I think a problem here is i'm i'm really a big fan of the term latinx um honestly if for, for people who don't, who don't know this um lot in in spanish um there's very gender specific words like in a lot of languages like latino would imply a latin uh person uh from latin america who's male uh latina would imply a person from latin america who's female latinx is meant to be all inclusive of everyone transgender latinos and latinas um everyone's included in latinx and hispanic speaks to people who are come from countries that speak spanish so there is a difference in those terms and uh, as someone who is um someone whose last name is nunez a lot of time the people who made these terms up and applied it to us was not people from the latinx or latino latina community these were in, these were put in us to basically to categorize us and put us all together in a way that we're identifiable but a lot of people from these countries don't even consider themselves latino latina hispanic they consider themselves slash american like for my case like i would say dominican american or somebody from cuba might be cuban american they don't consider oh, well, them mm-hmm, go don't ahead don't get me started on the American thing because what bugs me is the fact that every everybody who isn't white is something American you're you know Hispanic American or Mexican American or African American oh yeah but I never do you ever meet any British Americans 
or I, I, I where are the Irish Americans at? Where, where, you know, put your hands up. No. Anyway, <laughs> shake that, sh- <laughs> shake that shillelagh. Anyway, so um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So anyway, that really bug. Even we, even we call like indigenous people Native American. Everybody has like a little asterisk next to their American, except for just straight up white people who just get to be American. Period. That's a great point, Kevin. And I, it's not a hundred percent true, also. But again, I think this goes because the people who make the decisions, who um have to happen to be in the white majority, they get to basically then write the these rules. And a lot of people don't agree with these terms at all because the Latino community, Latina community, Latinx community, it's very broad. And like you said, it's people from all over the world, different countries happen to speak Spanish. And a lot of times these people don't even identify as each other, uh, don't identify as the same group. And it's very hard to, to get a consensus so we can all then ask for representation is what I'm saying. Well, the funny thing that you said was I didn't, I looked up because I had heard the term Latinx being fl- flown around recently. And I was like, what the heck is Latinx? So I went to look it up one thing that you didn't mention so i don't know if it's just different definitions of what latinx stands for i knew that part of it is a gender neutral term for latino and latina but also i read that it was supposed to be about people of latin descent who are american that was the latinx community so the idea that you wouldn't be latinx if you were like uh, from spain or something like that you wouldn't be considered latinx if you're from mexico i mean or living in mexico you wouldn't be latinx latinx was supposed to be a gender neutral term for hispanic americans so anyway maybe maybe it's still in flux that no that that's completely true kevin um something that let me add as well since you pointed that out um latino and latina are terms again that only exist here in america like what i'm trying to say is people outside of america people from the dominican republic people from cuba they don't consider themselves latino they don't even know what that is they consider themselves dominican or cuban this is a term that was made again by the majority and applied to people who are who speak spanish and come from latin countries in america and is only used in america outside of america the term latino and latina don't even have don't even have any meaning and the term Hispanic is, so is not used. So Latinx, uh, yes, you're completely right. It only applies to people here in America who come from Latin countries or Hispanic speaking. And Latino and Latina only apply to people in America. It does not exist outside of America. Okay. I, I can't wait for J.K. Rowling to get in trouble for this in some way. I don't know how, but she's going to get in trouble. She's going to tweet something. I don't know how. All right. So let's move on to TikTok and what's going on with the president making not so veiled threats to TikTok. Okay. So a, a lot of Gen Z people are, are are shaking in their boots. So just to give a little bit of background on this story, uh, the TikTok app has garnered a huge following worldwide. They've gained over 2 billion downloads worldwide. It was recently banned in India because of security concerns regarding the access to the app's data by the Chinese communist government. Here in the States, TikTok, um, the basically their user base is comprised of teenagers, Generation Z, Gen Z. Famously, Gen Z used TikTok to organize a big blow to the the president's Tulsa rally by reserving numerous tickets to the event, which they never planned on attending. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, oh, they wanted to keep living? <laughs> for the people in Tulsa. So the U.S. government has serious security concerns and they have user privacy data concerns when it comes to TikTok. And yesterday, the government said on the South Lawn that he's looking at various options to banning TikTok. And again, it's because they think that the Chinese government somehow has access to the user data. The servers for TikTok are here in America. And ByteDance, the company that owns TikTok, um, says that they do not provide data to the Chinese government. Uh, but but that's what's happening. Well, the, what seems pretty transparent is this 
clearly feels like a vendetta that Trump has against TikTok because of the fact that the users used it to humiliate him with that Tulsa rally debacle. Mm -hmm. Because if the issue is the feeling that Hong Kong has control over it, there's been talk about basically selling it to an American company. And Donald Trump has made it clear that he does not want a U.S. company to buy TikTok and have it be operated by Americans. So if the issue is, if that's the issue about your concern about China, then having the company be owned and operated by strictly by Americans would solve that issue, would it not? Well, well I think uh, I, I think you hit it on the head. This, this, I think this is very politicized, this issue. Um, Beijing, um, they... The concern here, again, is that Beijing is using TikTok to spy of millions of Americans. Now, TikTok, they say that the estimated value is somewhere in $50 billion. So if Microsoft, which is being rumored to be uh, considering the purchase of TikTok, they buy uh, TikTok from ByteDance and they become U.S. owners, that's billions of dollars going to the pockets of a Chinese company. And that's, you know, Donald Trump's whole thing is about the U.S. economy, United States first, and putting China down. So that would still not be a win for the Trump administration. Well, let's talk about uh, a little bit more. Vanessa Pappas, she is the general manager of TikTok here in the U.S., and she was saying in a, a TikTok video, where, where else would she talk about other, other than TikTok, they have 1,500 U.S. employees, and they plan to add 10,000 more U.S. jobs in the next couple of years. And what I loved is how ballsy she is. And she says, we're proud of all the support we're getting and the outpouring of support from all of the fans of TikTok. We're not planning on going anywhere. We're here for the long run. So it's just like, yes, because and also when I was looking into it, there is no simple way for Trump or the Trump administration to basically ban the software so they can do things to hurt it but it's not even clear on how they're going to exactly go about it and the funny thing is this i actually think this is going to backfire because like you mentioned that this appeals to teenagers and slightly older gen wires young gen zers normally there's always threats that younger people are going to they're a sleeping giant and they're going to come out and actually vote and affect a major elections like the presidential election. But more often than not, they basically are they're busy doing TikTok videos and doing boomerangs and not paying attention. <laughs> but <laughs> but now that so many of them love TikTok and Trump has made himself the villain, well, in many ways, but especially here with threatening the thing that they love so, so very much TikTok, that all the ones that are old enough to vote. I hope that Joe Biden's of the team, and if, if they don't, you know who will use this? The Lincoln Project. They're going to be all over this. <laughs> About the fact that, oh yeah, you want to keep TikToking? You better rock yourself over to the voting booth. I think that's definitely going to, be, it could be a cry for Gen Z to actually show up. Um, this is also going to be big business at hand for U.S. companies. I was reading that if TikTok is banned, um, the user base, Gen Z, could, could prop up Facebook, which is, Facebook owns um, Instagram, which, uh, crazy enough, I still speak to people who don't know that. So they're saying that Gen Z might flock to, to Instagram, and Gen Z is also going to flock, flock to YouTube. So Google and Facebook could have a huge win if TikTok is 
taken down because gen like i said gen z is is based the base demographic that tiktok is serving and youtube is right now um they do have younger users but they're more i would say 18 to 35 to 4 and 45 to 55 by a smaller demographic so american companies this could be a big win for them if tiktok is taken off the board and we saw similar um surges in usership when divine if which was owned by twitter shut down and youtube had a huge influx of young people well the funny thing is it makes more sense with youtube because you can't you uh, there i guess there's ways to monetize instagram but that comes from basically sponsorships versus tiktok and youtube where you're paid for views and so it makes more sense that if you're going to go anywhere if tiktok ends these are content creators these people are making short films the natural place to land would be youtube if twitter were smart they would come up with some kind of monetized model because that platform to me would be more advantageous if creators could actually get paid for views because you see so many videos on twitter that have millions of views and the creator is getting no monetary benefit Zippo. from the video being shown there on that platform so if twitter were smart they would find a way and start paying these people who are actual creators who are cranking out these this content that is actually uh, generating so many views like Sarah I can't remember what her name, last name is the one who lip syncs to Trump's inane statements and she became a superstar from it I want to say Sarah Cooper but I'm probably wrong it's something like it's something like that it may not be it may be Sarah Cooper but it's something like I think you might be right but anyway whoever she is everybody knows who, who she is she's insanely talented and so funny and she makes everything as stupid as it sounds when it comes out of his mouth she makes it even stupider and doesn't change a word of it it is she's an absolute genius sarah so cooper yeah we we're right we we're right kevin it's sarah cooper and donald trump a lot of people are saying the reason he wants to ban is because her jokes on him <laughs> yeah but, but but she's but she's already big enough now that she can go ahead and keep putting it out she she puts it out on youtube as well and she puts it on twitter so i hope that twitter is smart if you're listening twitter i know you are you need to monetize your videos in some kind of way, and then people will be able to flock to you from TikTok, and, and the creators won't miss a beat. They'll be able to keep going. There's got to be a way to do it. And with that said, we're not going to miss a beat, and we're going to go into our favorite part of the show usually, Kevin. A little thing we like to call... Trailer Talk. Trailer Talk. Trailer Talk. Trailer Talk. Trailer Talk. Trailer Talk. All right. So let's Go talk ahead, about Kev. let's talk about Christopher Nolan and why he hates America tone. Well, well, Tenet it, at this point, Tenet is is the movie that we keep saying it's coming. Tenet's being released on this day, then it's it's postponed. Tenet's gonna be released on this day and it's postponed. I feel like Christopher Nolan is single handedly trying to bring back theaters in the U.S. And just a little background on Tenet. Tenet is Christopher Nolan's next film. It's 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 a masterpiece that he's put together. It took him years to put together this film to write and, and develop. And it's it's a multi-million dollar venture. So it's not something that they're going to sacrifice to video on demand, if that's what you're thinking. So he's been pushing for a release date in the U.S. And COVID, honestly, is keeping all theaters closed. So looks like um, Tenet might be going overseas. Kevin, where's oh, Kevin going? Okay, yeah, it absolutely is going overseas. That's why I'm saying that. That's why I'm saying that he hates America because he's at one point he was going to he was trying to have a release that was going to be everywhere on the planet around the same time finally he said uncle after the 15th release date that they've rescheduled and we've made fun of him for a while for thinking that oh I'll release it on this day in July like good luck 
But anyway, so so he's like, <laughs> he's finally given up. And so the film is going to actually be released in over 70 countries globally starting on August 26th. The territories will include Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Korea, Russia, Spain, and the UK. You know what wasn't listed there? The US. US. So it's going to take a little bit longer for us to get it. And even then, I think it's going to be changed again. So Tenet is now scheduled (laughs) And I say now loosely, doing air quotes, it's now scheduled to debut on Thursday, September 3rd, which will be canceled. But anyway, (laughs) so as of now, get your tickets. (laughs) Kevin, what's also crazy about this to me is... Uh, okay, okay. So you might be asking, um, right now, um, how how movies work is that they're released in different in different territories, different regions, uh, strategically. So, for example, a movie might release in America and eventually make its way um, to China, and 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 you know the rest of the world. And why can't we do this? Some people are thinking. Well, the reason that him releasing this movie overseas and not in America, the concern is piracy. Um, we're living in a digital age where if somebody gets a hold of the copy, uh, one of the copies that's released and is put on the internet. They can you lose major money, so that's why the usually releasing the movie um, concurrently in different regions or you know releasing it the same day makes most sense from a from a standpoint of money. But the fact that it's going to be released other places, the the risk and the possibility of showing up on um, someone's computer is high. Which, you know what, honestly, I don't understand. Like you mentioned, this is a labor of love. And I love you're already calling it a masterpiece. It hasn't even come out yet. But I'm sure critics are going to agree with you when it comes out. It's a masterpiece because it's Christopher Nolan. I can't. I'm I'm still breathless about Interstellar. So, yes, the man is a genius. Neil and, I don't, and I can't put together any thoughts of what happened in Inception. <laughs> or Memento. Okay, yeah, there's a lot there. But anyway, what I don't understand is Black Widow. They push that until, like, next year, rightly. I don't understand. With this being a labor of love, this man has worked on for decades trying to make this film. This is a passion piece for him, and he wants us to see it on the big screen. He doesn't want me to watch it on Disney+, Plus, which is where I want to watch it, but he doesn't want me to see it that way. He <laughs> wants me to see He wants me to risk my life to see it on the big screen. <laughs> and so I, I'm, yeah, I'm not looking to do that right now. But I don't understand why some of the other big movies, they just were like, oh, no chance we're just next year we're, they're looking at their they push their movies out to like 2021 some even been pushed to 2022 so to me i don't understand why the shelf life why this this movie has to come out right now it's not like it's a story that basically is about like say the trump administration where it needs to come out right this minute so i i don't understand why he can't just put this off until next year for next for oscar consideration for because it's going to get tons of nominations and he probably will get the best oscar for directing so push it to the 21 22 film season when hopefully this is all blown over or we'll all be gone one of the two so <laughs> Stephen uh, King, uh, whatever Stephen King uh, Stephen King might be like yeah it might, it might be a stand kind of situation <laughs> hopefully it's the former Kevin hopefully it's not, <laughs> yeah, not, hopefully. not, not, not the latter hopefully um, 
from what I was reading, the the one of the reasons again is money. Um, so so when a when a when a film it, they give a budget for a film, the budget encompasses the actual production of the film, uh, the post the post production of the film, the cast and the crew. But marketing sometimes a film which is a blockbuster film like this, for example, they'll have a multi million dollar. We're talking about sometimes a hundred million or two hundred million dollars to promote. So a huge movie like Avengers got hundreds of millions of dollars to promote. So there's a marketing budget that's separate, and that marketing budget is usually rolled out and start they start deploying it before the movie comes out in the case of tenant and in wonder woman we've seen multiple trailers at this point so they really want to strike while the iron is hot they basically rolled out their whole marketing release and they're and if you have to delay the movie for two years we're talking about a whole new marketing budget so they lost hundreds of millions of dollars promoting the movie well the crazy thing is they could basically take a note out of the book or a page out of the book of trolls world tour that movie made an insane amount of money and because they didn't have to split it with distributors and theater owners they just like put it all in the bank every penny went to the actual movie studio so to me who doesn't know about tenant at this moment in time how many times have we talked about tenant on this show i can't even count the number of times we discussed this damn movie so it, to me, that would be the smartest way to do it. Open it in the three theaters that are open here in America for the people that love danger that want to go out and risk their life to see this masterwork. You know, fine, let them go out there and risk it. And then for the rest of us, let us go ahead and watch it on demand on our 55 inch TVs in our living rooms. I think I got a 49 inch, but okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> sit closer, Tone. Sit closer. <laughs> it's like, you know, if you sit two feet in front of your TV, it's like IMAX. <laughs> the same thing <laughs> Kevin so there's another movie that's been delayed as well why don't you tell us about it okay let's talk in fact this movie has been delayed so many times it actually has a new name it's now X-Men The New Mutants Ooh. and so just this past week they released not another trailer there's been 50 trailers they actually gave us the first scene from the film which is amazing so let's talk about release dates the original release date for this movie was April 13th, 2018. Then it was uh, scheduled to be released on February 22nd, 2019. That seems reasonable, right? Then it was scheduled to be released on August 2nd, 2019. But that didn't work out either. And this is pre-COVID. They had no excuse. And so then it was scheduled to be in theaters April 3rd, 2020. I guess you all know what happened then. <laughs> and then finally it's now scheduled to come out on august 28th 2020 again these are the same christopher nolan type people they're like oh yeah that'll be fine by everything will be cleaned up by then good luck but what i love is when they did put the release date on the screen august 28th 2020 it said fingers crossed i'm almost like <laughs> you may as well uncross those fingers right now <laughs> Because if you think you're releasing that movie to theaters, think again. It needs to come out on either Disney Plus or Hulu or VOD. It, this is absolutely ridiculous that they keep thinking it's going to come out. But anyway, well, fine. It's coming out at the end of August. So, Tone, let's talk about this movie for the last time. Because we... Tone, this was on our Halloween special. 
<laughs> Kevin, this, let me give him a little bit of context. Why before COVID there were so many changes of dates? So this movie, like like Kevin said, they actually added X Men to the beginning of the movie. This movie um is not necessarily in line with the X Men movies that they released from Fox, but it is a Fox movie and it is an X Men property. So they didn't want to um crowd the other X Men movies which they released, which was the newer team. Uh, but the problem here was that Fox was acquired by Disney. And when Disney acquired Fox and all their properties and their films, they didn't want to basically encroach on their own releases. So they kept shuffling these Fox movies, New Mutants being one of them, around their big releases because they obviously their, their releases have more um, importance in their eyes. And now that their releases are out the way, then came COVID. So that's just a little bit of context. Um, yeah. It's interesting that they're basically going to push this one out in the end of August, yet Mulan is safe, COVID-free in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> Again, you can see that they're willing to sacrifice. <laughs> These are like kids, and Disney's like the Trump administration. <laughs> All the well, Fox yeah. kids can go to school. Maybe, well, maybe the thinking is, we you know what? They're mutants. They can handle COVID. COVID can't take them down. So... <laughs> so. Let me let me give you the synopsis. Do you need to talk about who the director is or anything like that? Or are we just gonna go right into the synopsis? Let's this at this point, Kevin, I've seen every trailer. We've seen now at this point the beginning of the movie. Like uh, let's talk about what we saw before the movie just we get the rest of the movie at the end of okay. the show. Yeah, okay. So I will say this. I do think that if we wait just once if they move this release date one more time. And we get another trailer. I feel like we've already seen like about 48% of this film because we've seen 50 different trailer cuts. And now we've seen the opening scene. I feel like I've almost seen the whole damn thing. But let me tell you a little Mm -hmm. bit about it before we talk about what we actually saw in this brand new release scene. Okay. Five young mutants just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility against their will fight to escape their past sins and save themselves. All right, Tone, what did you think of the opening scene of X-Men, The New Mutants? Now, when I saw this, I was a little bit confused, Kevin, because, uh, again, some of the footage has already come out and I saw it in the trailer. So I didn't know if this was like this was actually the first scene, like the first few scenes of of the movie or this was like cut specifically like for like a trailer format. Because the beginning, the beginning of it is actually absolutely supposed to be the first minutes of the film. And then the end, it turns into a straight, straight up trailer. So they basically tap the trailer onto the end of the opening scene. Basically, that that main character, when we see her odyssey at the beginning of the film with her father and what happens when she wakes up in the hospital, all that is the first scene. After that is all trailer. So thank you for clarifying that, because if you in the audience of if you guys heard this already, I mean, if you guys watched this first few minutes, I'm sure you're as confused as me, because first in a movie, you usually get like you get you get a few credits and it kind of like smoothly introduces you to the scene and it opens here. It kind of just abruptly started with the character being started out of the band say, hey, come on, we have to get out of here. And a father figure grabs what appears to be probably his daughter or his niece and he rushes her out the house and next is a giant explosion. So as a viewer, I was already kind of shuffling. I didn't know I, disheveled. I didn't know what was happening. I was confused. And to make it worse, at the end of the first, uh, the first beginning, the minutes of the movie, like Kevin said, then there's like a trailer. So at the whole time, I'm like, is this a mashup? Like Kevin, I was just really confused, and I really couldn't 
get a good sense of what was happening and it kind of felt very tv-ish to me I, i'm i'm scared to say it i'm a big fan of uh, the x-men i'm a fan of the new mutants and i'm even a bigger fan of x-force um the actual source material that that this comes from and as a fan I'm, I'm really excited to watch this but i really think that this this um delays had the opposite of effect of tenet like tenet everybody's looking forward to being a masterpiece and this might be a case where we've been uh, anticipating this so much that when the actual product, like those first fiends come out, we may not actually um, be satisfied. Well, okay, let's let's talk a little bit about exactly what happens in the beginning. So, like Tone was saying, it begins right out the gate. The action starts. So, the character that we're going to follow, I think, through the most of the film is called Moonstar slash Mirage. I guess is her name when she gets her powers and she gets suited up in her X Men uh, leather. Um, so, but, but just I guess her name is Moonstar because she's she's supposed to be, I guess, Native American or Indigenous or whatever the prop. I'm gonna I'm gonna be in trouble just like J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I don't remember what the current what the current term is supposed to be but anyway i love all the peoples of the world but anyway so moonstar <laughs> so moonstar is asleep and all of a sudden she's awakened i believe i'm going to refer to him as her father she gets awakened by her father and there seems to be some like something happening like their their house is potentially on fire or something and you're hearing these explosions and he grabs her and like come on we gotta get out we gotta go and he's uh running with her he goes he goes don't don't let go of my hand and they get out out of the house and literally like the sky seems to be on fire there's all kinds of weird uh, uh, noises going on and cars flipping down the street like on fire it reminded me of the uh opening scene of cloverfield if you remember that when the statue of liberty's head goes flying down the street one oh, of those kinds... the, the, the action just develops and just thrust it in there i get what you're saying yeah so it's just like boom just just like she's awakened out of nowhere like in in it weird like her we're like what's what's happening <laughs> so he runs runs with her and there's like things on fire and explosions and things like flying around like literally cars flying flipping down the street like they've been tossed or something on fire and he runs with her into the woods and he finds like a hollow tree and tells her to hide there and to stay there he's gonna go back to try and help okay now let me just say this he seems like a very sweet man tone he's <laughs> concerned about his neighbors but and i think of myself as a nice person as well but if i have a child to look after and i've just run and there are cars being thrown down the street explosions everywhere the sky's on fire what the hell did he think he was gonna do when he got back there uh, how well, was I'm... he going to help <laughs> exactly well, Kevin, it, it doesn't show us um what's causing all this mayhem and we, and this is a superhero movie i would thought he would run back there and do some superhero badassery so that's well, what i well, was thinking well that well if you did have that thought it was quickly taken away from you because seconds after he he tells his daughter i'll be right back uh he he runs away from her and the camera stays close on her face and she's terrified just like we are because we just woke up like she did <laughs> like what the hell's happening and he starts he starts running away to go help and then you hear some horrific noises and all of a sudden his now dead body comes flying back and lands right in front of her that, so that's yeah not that's the badassery i expected no yeah so <laughs> that's all the kind of help he was able to deliver so so then she takes off running and and as she's running from whatever and something's happening behind her like the fire the like the, the the forest is starting to be engulfed and stuff is moving in the forest behind her and she trips and falls down like a hill and she's unconscious and when she opens her eyes she's inside a facility and she's actually chained to a hospital bed or handcuffed to a hospital bed and doesn't know why. And then she looks up and sees there's somebody or something 
watching her from the air conditioning vent above in the ceiling and it's like spooky and then it cuts to all the different scenes from the trailer that some of the scenes we've seen before some new scenes with new special effects because this is a lot brighter looking and more explodey than the scenes we've seen before <laughs> because <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a technical film turn called explodey and so <laughs> so initially the how they were selling this the first time out before before it got marvel slash disneyfied or disney marvelfied and explodey more explody it was the question was are these kids like in a mental institution because they're crazy or are they there because someone's trying to suppress them or use them for some unknown nefarious purpose but now it's out of the box they're calling them x-men the new mutants i i said initially when we talked about this at halloween i think this whole marketing scheme was all messed up the way they launched this whole movie. It shouldn't even been called The New Mutants. It should have been called like The Sanitarium or The Facility. And like, what's the facility about? And we just see glimpses of these kids, these sexy teens trapped in some facility trying to escape. Why are they, who, who's holding them there? Why are they being held there? And what awaits them when they get out? And then have us realize when they, when we actually sit in the theater to watch the movie that um, these kids have powers. And then when the kids actually, some of them, some of them are going to die undoubtedly but some of them that they do survive to get out of the, get out of the facility when they're running through the forest away from the facility all of a sudden you have a close-up of a hand and all of a sudden a claws come out of it and with a oh, is that wolverine and then we cut to hugh jackman going like come with me if you want to live and like and roll credits and like what <laughs> like, this is the x-men universe that was how they should have done it Kevin, you when you proposed this, I remember back in Halloween, I thought it was amazing. And I still think this would have been a great undercover X-Men movie. You hit this on the head. You knocked it out the park, Kevin. They should have listened to you. They did not listen. So, but so now that we talked about this trailer for the 18th time or this new version of the trailer, <laughs> I'm asking you an even simpler question. We're not going to even use our regular scale because our regular scale is out the window because going to a movie theater could kill your ass. So I don't think we're, we're willing to die to see this movie so tone <laughs> when it comes to x-men new mutants do you want to see it or, <laughs> or not <laughs> kevin i want to see it at this point come on i've seen most of the movie at this point who doesn't want to see it we just i just want it to end <laughs> i want to know what happens what about you do you want to see it or not <laughs> uh, i actually do I, I i have to admit this has actually gotten me more excited i'm surprised um seeing the the beginning because i actually like movies like that where you're just thrown into the action because sometimes movies so let's be honest so many of us are so savvy now we've seen so many movies we've read so many books so many uh tv shows we basically don't need a lot of setup of lots of times of things. We basically, it's it's easier just to throw us into things because a normal movie back in the day would have basically, we would have had scenes of this girl like going to school, having some crush on some boy in the third row of her class, having some argument about her father about not being able to stay out late. And then she would have woken up with being dragged out in the middle of that. Then the beginning movie would have started. We would have got established her regular life. You know what? Chances are her father, we saw him for five minutes, for two to 
three minutes. He seemed kind. He seemed loving. Um, they had a good relationship. She can tell us in flashback or tell her friends when she's in the sanitarium. My father was cool till he got killed by whatever the hell that thing was outside her house. So, <laughs> so we don't need we don't need basically ten minutes of seeing how great a father he was or how great their relationship was. We got we we we're able to basically get that in shorthand. We don't need all that. So I like being thrust into the action right away. That tells me this is going to be an action stop, action packed thrill ride from start to finish. I'm ready so, to ride the roller coaster. So, so you are ready to see it. <laughs> I'm ready to see. Even though I know the ending is going to be horrible, they've already messed it up. They're not going to do my ending. So you know what? You know what? They're, oh my god! After this movie flops and everybody's all upset about it, they're going to do the Kevin Williams cut, and they're. Gonna, <laughs> <laughs> It'll be re-released on HBO Max. <laughs> Everybody, they should have listened to Kevin in the first place. This is a masterpiece. Release the Kevin cut. <laughs> Screw you, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I can't believe we're at the end of another episode. All right, we can't recap every story, but we do want to talk about the stories you want to hear us talk about. So if you see something going on in entertainment, pop culture, or news, say something to us. Let us know. You can send us a voicemail message using the Anchor app, or you can reach us on social media. We are at Last Weekly on Instagram and Twitter, and we would love to hear from you and even have your call-in featured on the show. So, Tone. How can people listen to us other than how they're listening right now? So they can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. They can watch and listen on YouTube. And you can listen to us live on WJMS Radio every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern and 1.30 p.m. Pacific. And every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific. And to make it even easier, just go to lastweekly.com for all our links to where you can listen to us. And remember, the Last Weekly theme song is a song Lush by the artist Dyla. Kevin? All right. Thanks again so much for listening. We appreciate you listening. We, we appreciate you following us on social media and all your support for the show. We do it for you guys because we could just talk on the phone if we wanted to, but we want to talk to you. So that's why we're here. So please listen to the next episode of Last Weekly because the week doesn't end until, say it with me, Tone, until, until we, we say, say so. so. Ah, perfect. So close, but no cigar. Perfect, perfect, no, okay. (laughs) All right, yeah, perfect. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye.